the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. So many atrocities. How do you pick just one? That's the hardest part of the show. Everybody comes in, they ask me, how do you prepare? What do you do? How do I prepare? How do I pick the atrocity to tackle? So I was almost late today because um, I want to give my accountant access to my bank account. So I had to make an appointment. And this is interesting because, you know, to get to the bank today, it's like you got to have an appointment like you're going to the doctor when I was young and went to doctors in the 80s. And uh, you got to have a schedule and you got to have all kinds of rules and whatnot. So my bank is wonderful. I love them. And um, I had to go through 27 pages, 27 pages for me to give my permission to allow my accountant to have access to my account. And I thought about this new bill that they're going to shove through the most corrupt bureaucracies on the planet, Congress and the Senate, and how they're going to be monitoring each and every one of us for $600. Yet for me to give permission to somebody, there is all of these these, uh, disclosures and I have to do this. And all of this this bill and the $600 reporting of how I use my money, that's all done without my permission. In fact, I can't stop it. I have no say-so in it. And it gets you thinking about how helpless you are in, the, in America 2021. What victims? We're all just waiting to be victims. And we're hoping that we can deal with the abuses. And to me, property and, and, and your anonymity is, is a priority. It's, there's a reason that it, there's an amendment about it. There's a reason I'm supposed to have certain privacy and certain rights. And then here we are. I, to give permission, and I like, you know, I'm, I'm not, it might sound like I'm complaining about it. I'm not. I think it's wonderful, right? It should be like that. But all of a sudden, the government will have access to every one of us, every one of the things we're doing. And I keep thinking about who are they, what is the goal of this? And the goal of this, to me, is to establish dominance and to let us know we are truly victims waiting for our abuser to tell us what he's going to do to us next i've never felt like it was a representative republic that we read about or that i learned about it's been pretty evident for many many years and uh it's also been evident that these restrictions on money it doesn't really apply to governments that are known to be corrupt to municipalities to counties it none of the rules apply of money none of the 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 restrictions, none of the threats by government. And I'll tell you what I mean by this. Little Lori Lightfoot, in her mentalist costume, with a little vest on like Jiminy Cricket, 
She did a she pre- prepared a budget for Chicago. Chicago's bankrupt. They, they let alone the fact that they're ignoring that they shut down businesses that at least fifty percent are never going to come back, and that's directly their revenue. Well, they have a big windfall, and that big windfall was actually, ironically due to to the Trump administration with the COVID release package that scoundrels put together, and. Illinois received billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, and Chicago specifically received two billion of those dollars. Now, what did she do with those two billions? Did it go through to anything for the people? To anything for the people that suffered? The answer is no. What she had the audacity to do was to use it as an accounting trick. An accounting trick that if any one of our accountants pulled a shot like this, not only would we be audited, We would be fined. We'd probably be locked up. But in Chicago, Illinois, this is accepted and being reported on is, don't worry, it'll work itself out in the future. Ambitious goals with a hefty price tag. That's one way to describe Mayor Lori Lightfoot's proposed spending plan for next year. A $16.7 billion budget aimed at closing a $733 million budget shortfall. CBS 2 political investigator Dana Kosloff is digging into the numbers. Dana. So now with this, this, they talk fast. So let's let's have an idea what this is. Before COVID, the city was bankrupt. They were running on a lie and a scam. And the very connected bankers and money bundlers to the Democrat Party were making a fortune for decades. And what they were doing was allowing the city to pretend they could pay this back at some time in the future while charging the citizens the actual people who pay things in Chicago, exorbitant amounts of interest, knowing full well they could never default because they have the power of taxation. So they were literally just taking a trick to make massive amounts of money from the inadequate, the inadequacies of politicians to balance a simple budget. They couldn't balance the budget, so they let this trick happen. $733 million for you people that may have been infected by the CPS. It's a lot of money. Interest on that money is staggering. In this, she's not going to fix this $733 million. She's going to use the federal welfare of $2 billion to put a two in front of this. So that after the money is gone, the gap in the budget will be $2,733,000,000. More interest that her friends, who throw fundraisers for Democrats to keep this money train and this scam going, will continue in perpetuity. So when people ask you, what does the future look like for Chicago? It looks like the Titanic. Some excitement countered by some concern. Yeah, Erica, that concern is because so many of the programs that Mayor Lori Lightfoot is proposing are really being funded by federal dollars, and those federal dollars are a one-time thing. It's a $16.66 billion budget proposal bolstered by almost $2 billion federal dollars. Mayor Lori Lightfoot wants to use most of that federal money to create and expand programs to combat violence while enhancing safety. Now we have all these programs. You're already spending billions on the programs. And here's a little insight for you, toots. They don't work. The programs suck. Who's ever running them is stealing the money. Because they're not delivering a product. In fact, not only is the nation up 30%, Chicago is up exponentially. And I'm not even factoring in the carjackings, the robberies, the beatings, the the mayhem. Mayhem. As if it was something you watched on FX or on TBS. It is a nightmare out there. 
And yesterday when we did the show, the 15-year-old looked like a great kid coming back from football. Dad, does it matter? No. The 7-year-old last week, the baby the other day. It's chaos. And their only plan is to take advantage of it and enrich their friends. Like the same scumbags that have been making massive amounts of interest on their inability to do their fracking job. It's disgusting and it's despicable and it's getting worse. Job creation, affordable housing, arts and mental health programs. Same BS. To make investments in some of the areas you heard during the mayor's uh, remarks today. Well, here's how the investments go. Alder person, birthing person, alder, transgender, whatever the hell you are. Here's how it Here's how it's working. Where you're putting the money is becoming worse. And I know you didn't think it could get worse. It's worse. What you're doing is wrong. Got any more ideas? And what do you do to the people who have other ideas? Do you listen to the science? Here's the science. The science is you have, I can't say it on air, but you know what I mean. When you number one the money, you have urinated the money away. Gone. It's all gone. And your answer is to use this money that was supposed to go for people, for people who suffered from the tragedy of somehow your ability to take away their livelihoods. It wasn't supposed to go to your friends for more nonsense and pet projects so you could run around and look busy a day a month while you took breaks the rest of it. And if you're going to keep doing this, the result is just going to be worse for the people And the numbers will be bigger. Yet something tells me so will the campaign contributions, which is what this is really about. Says optimistic City Council Budget Chair Pat Dowell. But that influx of federal cash is a one-time boost. And some aldermen are already voicing big concerns, telling me, considering the current $733 million budget gap, pitching all these new programs could be a problem down the line. How are we going to go forward after the federal relief money is a question many people who look at the budget um, will have. That's the task of the city's 50 aldermen, to comb through the mayor's 600-page budget proposal and figure out what makes fiscal sense and what doesn't, what they like and what they don't, and if any of these new programs are sustainable once those federal dollars disappear. It's not sustainable. It's, not, it's nonsense. But here's how she buys off very strategic support for this. In the bill, in the proposed budget, right now it sits, she gets to pick families 5,000 families of Windy City's poorest households. This is, you got to love the writing. It's almost like a story. This is from the Washington Examiner. They will receive $500 a month. Does she have the authority to do that? Where are the older persons to say, what the hell are you doing? How do you get to pick your 5,000? This is going to go down to the choice of Lori Lightfoot, ultimately. Your 5,000 families to get 500 a month. First of all, why should this even exist? let alone the fact you get to arbitrarily pick supporters. And you want to know how, for a hundred years, a once great city, a hub of not just industrial, financial, manufacturing, the stockyards, restaurant, all of it. Today, it looks like a horror film of a Stephen King novel. It is disgusting and despicable. And the people have no, no regard for human life. For human decency. And the saddest part is the laws of the city, of the county, and of the state protect the perpetrator, not the victim. The, the scum, the gang-banging scum, drug-dealing, gang-banging scum 
that shot this 15-year-old kid. Do you think he's worried about getting caught? What happens when you get caught with a gun? What happens when you are in prison? What happens? How many people were released for the very reason you shut down our businesses and turned us all into victims? You released mayhem on the city. You turned open the prisons. And you want to know why kids are getting shot and people are getting robbed and carjackings? It's because of the political morons who are too busy focused on the money. She's licking her chops on the money. It wouldn't be bad if she took some of it and bought some more vests, maybe. Because I'm getting sick and tired of pretending these are politicians that have answers and are not lining their own pockets at each and every turn, at each and every tragedy. That's exactly what the reality is. And it's going to continue if the older persons don't stand up and demand, demand for something to change, demand for perpetrators to be prosecuted and imprisoned and disincentivized to stop killing kids and killing innocent people. Because what you're doing, Lori Lightfoot and Chicago Democrat Mafia, you're incentivizing them. And look, you get to pick out 5,000 families that you decide are going to get an extra 500 walking around money on top of all the favoritism. Maybe they could live in some of the buildings that the aldermen like Ed Burke and his table of wisdom investment firm have bought at the tax auctions. Then the Section 8 housing could really go to enrich some aldermen, huh? I see what you're doing, scumbag. You're not fooling anybody. 312-642-5600. You know, I, I think the, um, the overall consensus has been the scam is too big. It'll never be defeated, so let's get in on it. And that's the only thing that... Uh, justifies why the people keep voting for it is that they simply just want in on it i mean after all if you are unencumbered by rules or by law and you get to arbitrarily pick and choose who gets money and what groups get funded and you get an extra two billion dollars with no strings attached is it just too big to fight the corruption and you just what's the ultimate plan when you when alder when aldermen and city council and all the rest of it sit by and watch a trick like this an accounting deception like this and do not object and do not demand that it doesn't go through then they're comfortable with the ramifications of next year when there is no 2 billion dollars from covid relief or maybe the plan is to always have that 2 billion dollars there from covid relief and then that would explain why democrats want to always rig elections to have democrats in Democrat, 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 keep funding the loser, funding the loser, funding the loser. By the way, let's take away the SALT exemption so that this way the the rest of the country subsidizes the property taxes that have to go up from this chaos. And the usury fees and all the rest, I guess the poor people are okay with it because, well, after all, how much of their income comes from nothing? So maybe if you can just disguise the scam, no one will talk about it and all the aldermen will go along with it. And the reporters will report it like it's just her choice whether to commit Banking fraud, which is what this is. This is accounting fraud. Do you, do, does a mayor have the authority to just ah, put it in the mix, throw it in the pot, drinks are on the house. These are real gangsters. Money wouldn't come back next year, so this could just be kicking the can down the road again. Well, you think, think so, you know, Dolly? I've heard the mayor talk about um, making sure that we make the structural 
um, uh, changes in our budget that we need to make to be balanced in 2023, and this money helps us to be able to do that. The mayor emphasizes there are no new taxes and no reduction in city services either, but there is an automatic property tax hike built into last year's budget there and triggered go. by inflation. That will not be much of an impact on Chicago residents. No, you could afford it. Don't worry about a water taxes, water bill double. You got it. You could afford it. And don't forget, because of the Illinois Democrats, your electric bill is going to go up. But it's okay. It's for green. It's all going to be fine. You could afford it. And for those of you that squawk the loudest, maybe you'll get in on the 500 funny money. And don't worry, Biden's preparing the same 500. So there's going to be 5,000 families out there to get 1,000 walking around money from Democrat failure. But what's the other side of that coin? The other side of that coin is that the people who are really the, the, the predators around us, the criminals, the gangs that have taken over the streets, they're very brave now. In fact, they know that they're in charge. They are large and they are in charge. And they've got their girls in the house. And they're watching out for them. Kim Fox, Lori Lightfoot, the rest of them, they're watching out for them. In fact, they're guaranteeing that they could get away with practically anything. And who suffers is who suffers always. The good people, the innocent people, the people who had a future, who you never know what they could have done to better society, and now you never will. This morning, three teen boys shot in Chicago within a matter of hours. One of them was killed just blocks away from his school. It happened yesterday at the Chatham Market Shopping Center. Here it is, the scene on 83rd, shell casings, a book bag. Mark the scene here. Police. Now, nobody saw anything. Nobody saw anything, and they got nobody. And do you know the reason is? Because even if you did, you know that when you tell the authorities that even if they pick them up, Due to politicians, those perpetrators are back, and this time they're angry, and they got your name. This is a direct result of political failure and corruption. It's that simple. They have no fear because there will be no repercussions, only on the people that try to make it better. That's who's got to be afraid in this day and age in the city of Chicago, in the county of Cook, in the state of Illinois. And it's not long before it's going to be like this everywhere if you keep electing the Democrat mafia. Just before three in the afternoon, a gunman opened fire at a group of students from Simeon Career Academy. 15-year-old sophomore Jamari Williams was killed. Now we're only four weeks in school. and This is the part that really, this is the part that gets me when they get his friend. You know, the devastation, you, you, you've turned this into a war zone. And the way that these kids are going to carry this the rest of their life is not normal. Unless you're in a war zone or unless you're in a third world corrupt banana republic, which is what Chicago is. Chicago is a third world banana republic. Same scams, same political whores, same corruption and the same answers and the same taglines to keep the people complacent. You just need more investment in your area. You need more programs. Who gets to run those programs? Well, our friends, of course. It seems to be a lot of money that isn't going to good use. Don't worry, we're investing in you. And by the way, when that all fails, you remember something. You're a victim here in this country from guys from 500 years ago, 400 years ago. No, no, I'm I'm here to tell you something. You're victims, all right. You're victims by the representation today in the year 2021. You're victims by your own politicians, by the Democrats. And what happens when you call the police? 
Breaking overnight, Chicago police arrested a man who they say shot at officers in Rogers Park. The officers were in the 1500 block of Jonquil Terrace last night when they say a man fired a gun in their direction. They're shooting at the officers when they come to the area. When the good people call them, they're shooting at them. And what happens when you get caught with a gun on the street in Kim Fox's Chicago? What happens? You're back out. It's actually, it took me longer to sign documents so that my accountant could look at my checking account than it does when you get arrested for carrying a gun in Chicago. No wonder this is the norm. No wonder. The saddest part is the aldermen who are supposed to protect the people in their districts against this kind of corruption. 99% of them are more enticed to get in on the corruption themselves. I've got good news, though, for you. I got one good one that I could find. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say I'm going to give him a hard time or not, but he's coming after the break. I got one good one. His name is Ray Lopez. I'm looking forward to talking to him, but that'll be after the break. We'll be back after this. Wow, this is a thrill. I know what my flaws are. I have made friends with the monsters under my bed. I have a terrible flaw. My flaw is I don't forget when somebody does me wrong. And I never forget when political parties protect corrupt people. That's why when people used to say, oh, you're a Republican, I would get angry. Don't call me a Republican. You you lumping me in with Mitt Romney. You lumping me in with George W. Bush. I remember growing up with Democrats who at that time in the 70s, they were a little different than Republicans, but they had the American principles. It wasn't until the 90s where they revealed themselves to be, at least what I believe to be, a political mafia. So I turned my back on a lot of Democrats. But every once in a while, I will be reminded that there are some Democrats that don't necessarily fit that agenda. There are some, very small percentage, that truly do want to improve the lives through American principles. I don't know Ray Lopez, but I remember for the last four years watching him speak with passion about trying to honestly improve the lives of the people in his ward. I remember watching him yell against the obvious failures and corruption that he found in City Hall. I also remember when gangs targeted him and he didn't back down. So I I respected those positions. So I want to welcome him to my show. Ray Lopez, how are you? John, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Thank you so much for joining me. This is uh, quite a situation we all Thanks have. For that on... intro. <laughs> oh, anytime. This is quite a situation we all have on our hands, and, and you are one of the rare people that try not to put lipstick on the pig of failure that is the city of Chicago. Well, I think definitely, you know, politicians have a self-serving nature. It's inherent in what, everything that they and we do. You know, you try to promote promote the good while minimize the bad. But I think in the city, the bad is so overwhelmingly outweighing the good that we need to start addressing it head on. And I think too many politicians and from a partisan standpoint, overwhelmingly democratic ones choose to ignore the realities that people are facing on a daily basis. Number one being that public safety has been so compromised in this city and in this County by failed policies, both by Kim Fox and the mayor uh, that they just choose not to even discuss them anymore because they think that no one's going to notice 
you can't walk out of your house without getting shot. You can't go to school, can't water your lawn, can't even go to the grocery store without wondering if you're going to be carjacked and make it back in time. Uh, it's it's it, just crazy the amount of examples of failure that are out there. It looks to me like the perpetrators, the gangs themselves, have political protection. That is the only conclusion that I can come to from what I look with my own eyes. And I see that the agenda of so many political whores that are in your party and identify themselves as politicians and some identify themselves as lawyers and law enforcement agents seem to want to protect the perpetrator while ignoring or condescending to the victim. Am I wrong? Yes. No, you're 100% correct. And I'm not a lawyer. I was never in law enforcement. Um, I'm just a guy with a little bit of Southwest side common sense in me who understands that if you are going to enable and give room for gangbangers and drug dealers and gun runners to exist where they do not feel threatened by law enforcement, they will take every inch you give them and 10 feet more because they know that they have the upper hand. And we've seen that happen time and again, where, you know, the state's attorney's office uh, refuses to prosecute people, even when we have video evidence, because apparently video evidence is no longer enough to confirm guilt. How we've gotten to this point is beyond me, but I think that voters are waking up and feeling that they have to take a stand um, and start pushing politicians to regain their sense of common sense because putting the gangbangers and the drug dealers on a pedestal, putting the under that's laid on top of the feet of the victims of the city of Chicago while demonizing law enforcement is not a sustainable path for Chicago or Cook County to move forward on. We know who the bad guys are. They belong in jail, period, exclamation point. And we need to start getting that as our daily effort uh, if we want to get control of the city again. Now, Ray, I have to tell you, I um, I was always one of the, I just I just never like to watch people be victims. I always like to beat up the bullies. It's a curse I've always had my whole life. When you see that the bullies and that the 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 the, the perpetrators are somehow spoken of and used by politicians for money, for actual money, yes. and that the victims receive none or very little and then you're asking them to go into a system which you have allowed to be bastardized and corrupted by the gangs themselves as if these politicians don't understand when you start programs when whatever you start the 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 gangs themselves the predators among us seize control of those entities intimidate those entities do they not understand how it works on the street when you have strengthened the gangs? I honestly believe that people understand very well where we're at. Um, I don't know if it's out of fear of reining it back or if they're in collusion with them, but I will tell you that I've made it abundantly clear to anyone who will listen at any budget hearing or otherwise that some of our partners are working hand in glove with the same people that they are supposed to be targeting to reduce violence. And that these individuals who are oftentimes being recruited as part of being violence interruption tend to be soaking the flames in the very neighborhoods that they're trying to work in, using public money to do that. That is nothing new. That is something that everyone is aware of because I know I personally have mentioned it both under this administration and the last one, but the patronage takes different forms in different eras. And now we are in the era of not-for-profit patronage, 
paying off the poverty pimps and the grief peddlers in our city so that that is the new army at the politicians beck and call when they need them, as long as the funds for anti-violence and other things keep rolling to them. And that is a horrible misuse of money. It gives a false sense of worth and working towards solutions on violence to the residents of the city of Chicago when they hear numbers like $80 million towards anti-violence. You know, if you're giving that to organizations that hire those people who are not committed to reducing violence, but are gang members who are just committed to using it as a front to recruit and to spread their exactly. cancerous ways throughout the city, then it's a failure to, the, through and through. Ray, I, I don't know how old you are, but I'm old. But I remember being a kid and learning of Jeff Fort when he received a million dollars to start the youth program, and he used it for exactly what you just said. He used it as a vehicle of recruitment, and that's when he really overtook. Back then it was called the El Rukans. I still call all the gangs the El Rukans because to me it's all, it's all the same nonsense. I don't want to give them the, the, uh, the credibility to pretend that they're separated. But I, I grew up in a neighborhood without a lot of money. My mother was divorced. We didn't have any money. We paid rent. It was what would be considered, you know, a blue-collar, low-blue-collar neighborhood. The difference was, the difference was, the guys who were at that time, by the way, they were Democrats. The police and everything, you couldn't buy a drug in my neighborhood. And if they found that you bought a drug dealer, they were Gonsville, and nobody asked any questions. The cops were able to be cops. Now, I'm not suggesting that they become rogue and wrongfully prosecute, but when you have the instance where the cops themselves now are the ones that are being prosecuted, and and, and listen, I think bad cops exist. I'm not one of these guys that gives you know, uh, occupation uh, virtue. I don't. But when you have these, these cops that are literally arresting guys, like you said, that are on video, that everybody knows in the neighborhood are the gangbangers, are, and they release them, they bring them in, and in, in, in the next day the cop sees them. At a certain point, you have really destroyed the idea that you can ever correct it. So how many of your constituents that you come in contact with have come to the conclusion that their only answer is to move? You know, there are many Chicagoans who are voting with their feet, as John Cass likes to say, out of the city. My constituents don't have that luxury. They are, if you were to say they were middle class, blue collar, that would be on the high end in my ward. Many of my residents are forced, are, are stuck where they're at because their economic situation doesn't give them the opportunity to leave, even as renters. But they know and fully understand exactly what you just articulated, that cops should know and usually do know who those magnets of violence are in our neighborhood and should be able to get them out because they know what they're doing. They know what they're selling. They know what they're up to. They know who they're recruiting. But we have come to a point in this city where you said the guy will be out the next day. That guy will be out by the end of that officer's shift. He probably will be still doing paperwork, and that guy will be back gangbanging or selling drugs or running guns on the streets of the city of Chicago, and they know it. And that's very disheartening to officers who, by and large, 99% of them want to catch the bad guy, want to do what we've trained them to do, want to do what their dream was their entire childhood, to be a police officer. And when you have a department that right now will write an officer up if they do bring in too many arrestees, that's wrong. We know there are people that we have to go after. And when you tell the officers from the brass downwards, don't arrest, don't, don't 
bring in people to these districts, take it easy on them in the neighborhood, give everyone the benefit of the doubt. I don't need to give, you know, gangbangers shooting at two in the morning the benefit of the doubt. They belong in jail. I don't need to give someone recruiting people out of my grammar school the benefit of the doubt. They belong in jail. And we will see that course correction soon because I think there's no amount of explanation that people accept anymore to justify what's going on. Ray, before I let you go, I I, I already know the answer to the question, but I just want to, I want you to verify it. When you saw Pritzker sign the bill that allowed perpetrators to not, not have to come up with anything to bond out, were you as disgusted and were you, were you opt- did you did you understand the ramifications that would have on your people and on your neighborhood and that it was going to harm your neighborhood the worst, not the neighborhoods that supported it in Winnetka, the same kind of developers that throw fundraisers for Lori Lightfoot? I mean, do, do your people feel as sick about that bill as I do? My residents, and, and so your viewers, so your listeners know, excuse me, I represent African Americans and Latinos on the Southwest side. So I can speak with, very, with clarity in saying that they are often referred to, the black and brown people, as why politicians in Springfield and other places do and push these kind of agendas. But what they don't realize is that the law of unintended consequences forces the, all of the bad issues get multiplied in neighborhoods like mine. And it's, what I find disgusting is that in trying to, quote unquote, do something for people that I, I represent, they have made my neighborhoods even more dangerous now. Because those individuals who would have otherwise been held because of bond or bail are now out on the street in the blink of an eye. They're not paying attention to electronic monitoring. They're not sitting at home pondering the, the, the act, their actions. Mm-hmm. They're out doing exactly what we put them in jail for the first time all over again. Stealing cars, shooting at people, flashing gang well, signs and selling drugs. They don't care. And while you put... while Springfield put this law together, they need to fix it and go back to the table because I remember one of those legislators was wondering why someone who was out on bail trying to carjack him, throwing up, throwing a, flashing a gun in his face, state senator, and he was reminded that the law that he just put through the Senate was what gave that individual the ability to be back out on the street. Hoisted by his own petard. Well, I got to tell you, Ray, it's official. I like it. But if I find you on Rush Street with an $80,000 Rolex on, a bunch of Viagra in your pocket, talking about all the tax auction properties you own like Eddie Burke. I'm not going to like you anymore. Do we have a deal? Deal. All right, very good. I appreciate you coming on. I look forward to the next time. Likewise. Have a great afternoon. You too. Bye now. Oh, I, I remember watching Rocky Three. James Brown came up and came out and sang this live during. What a great movie that was. All right, listen. Do you remember the assault, the daily assault on Trump's press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany? You can hear from the former press secretary for President Trump, Kayleigh McEnany, discuss the left's assault on Christianity, the global Marxist movement, and the dangers of removing God from the public square. Freedom Initiative Now is hosting Kayleigh McEnany on Thursday, September 30th, at Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. Tickets start at $49. Tickets can be purchased at freedominitiative.net. And get this, AM560 wants to give you a chance to win a pair of VIP gold tickets to meet Kaylee. Now, don't call me. How can I get it? You know, right away they hear Mulrose Park, they think I could put the fix in. You can win on your own. you got to visit 560theanswer.com slash gold. That's 560theanswer.com. 
com slash gold. I used to go to a fireman's outing once in a while from Mauro's Park. There was this big fat guy who was a fireman. I mean, there was no way he's getting in and out of the truck. They just, you know, I don't know what they pretended. And every year he'd win the golf clubs. Every year. It was just great to do. All right, so listen, um, I enjoyed talking to Ray Lopez, and I was warned by the people who arranged it, be nice. I didn't have to be nice. It's one, that's the nice thing about talking to somebody you know is standing on an honest principle. You don't have to be nice. The truth of the problems we face in this country, there's no nice way to present them. The nice way is what got you to buy the scam, the political scam in the first place. Don't buy it. We're going to discuss that more. I got to go to break. I went long with Ray. I screwed the clock up for a young bunny. We'll fix it after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This moron, Joe Biden. I'm watching CNN in between, and and they have uh, Biden at make-or-break moment with Dems at odds over the scope of his domestic agenda and how to pay for it. As if the Democrat Party ever gave a rip how to pay for it. They know exactly what they're doing. It's what they do everywhere. They bankrupt it. Then they borrow from their money bundler friends and ensure massive, massive revenue and profit and scam arts and skullduggery. This is what they do. They are down with the struggle. It's perfect. Just break it. Make it so it can't be repaired and then continue to fund it. Continue to fake it. And an essential part of that is exactly what we live with every day, which has destroyed our city, destroyed our counties and our state. It's the financial malfeasance of these rats, of these scam artists. That's why nothing is an accident. You think the border is an accident? Oh, they don't know the exact number. I have all the cuts. I can't believe it. It's like they're running through. There are thousands under the bridge. Perfect. It's perfect for the Democrat agenda. They love it like this. And they love the damage it causes to the nation. You think that we have the same definition of success? You'd be wrong. Megan, Orland Park. Hey, Sean. Um, I just was telling Misty how much I just appreciate uh, your humble roots. Oh, thank you. I think that's made you the person that you are today, um, the capitalist that you are. So I wanted to share. I also that think it was my ma. My ma was uh, my ma was no nonsense. Ma was 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 not tolerate nonsense. She never she she. Yeah. Here's the thing. My mom, you know, I was listen. I could get away with murder. The truth is, if I had a good explanation, <laughs> but but she never would accept me doing the wrong thing and would always demand I do the right thing. But I had one of those mothers. Right. I mean, I, and that's all it takes. You need one good parent, one, one good parent to yeah. establish the fact to tell a child wrong from right to not reward him or her when they're wrong. It's simple. Did you do wrong? And then the, here's another thing. That, and, you know, my mother was four foot eleven. I was never really afraid of her. She could definitely, you know, she would, she, believe me, she would try it. Back then they hit you with the spoon or the shoe or the broom. But, you know, come on, where, where were you going with it? But she understood that guilt was a better motivator. And she knew 
if she could make me feel guilty for something I did wrong, then I would correct it myself. And that's one thing you don't see today. Nobody's guilty. Nobody feels guilty for anything because you've told society, large parts of us, that they were entitled to things for nothing. That just by existing, they were supposed to get all of these goodies that normal people have to work for. And why? why? Well, because you exist, therefore you get it. And then when, when they would do bad, they'd say, okay, well, you're expected to do bad. You know, after all, you grew up in the government-funded neighborhoods. You're supposed to do bad. We don't expect a lot from you. And then when they commit a crime, what yeah. do you do? Hey, you don't have to come up with anything. Don't worry. There'll be no punishment. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I wanted to share one more thing with you. So, um, you know, I live in Orland Park, and it's a pretty nice suburb. But, hey, it's not too far from the south side or even the west side, for that matter. So with Kim Fox letting all these people go, um, basically, I like I lock my door. Well, you should. You should. You should lock your door. If you, the only place you don't lock your door is if you live in Winnetka and you just threw a $5,000 plane or your plan on it fundraiser for Lori Lightfoot. That's a safe son of a gun. He doesn't have to worry about every, anything. Yeah. You and the rest of us, yeah, you should lock your door. And here's the other thing. Yeah, it's a character issue. Logistics is just the, the, the what's on the topic today. It's a character issue. And you've taken this character. This is the, the pervasive nature of welfare and the victimizing, mm-hmm. victimizing citizens. You, in essence, are telling people up front and it's people of all races. You're telling them, we don't expect much from you. So here's something so you can live. You steal their dignity of production. And it's just, mm-hmm. it, it keeps happening time in and time out. Megan, thank you for the call. And I'll tell you what, you, you, you can reflect on this through history. I, I'm a boxing fan. Remember Braddock? They made the movie Cinderella Man. His name is James Braddock. He was a middleweight champion who knocked out Max Schmeling. Heavyweight. It was never supposed to happen. And the reason he had to fight is because he couldn't support his kids. He couldn't live. Back then, he, you had to actually work for stuff. And uh, he would go to the docks, and he had, a, he had a broken hand, and he had to take off, and he, he had to go on welfare. And he was so disgusted with himself. He couldn't take it that he trained, even with the broken hand, because he had to do something all day. He had to feel like a man. He had to feel productive. And he had, a, he had a shot to fight, a, a title fight that uh, it actually, he knocked out the guy who he was supposed to, Max Schmeling was supposed to fight because that guy lost the guy to train with. And he just fell into it. And when he won, and you knew he was going to win because he was hungrier. When he won, you know what he did? He took the money from the purse and he paid back the government for the money that they gave him in welfare. Do you think there's people with that kind of character today? I think you already know the answer to that. James and Schomburg. Hey, wanted to get your take on uh, this uh, little mystery going on here with the Haitians across the border. I can't quite figure out how they got off an island across two oceans and up from South America to make it to Texas. There's got to be something, there's a story there that we don't hear the whole thing about. Well, you just, just by, you know what I love about it, James? Just by asking the question, everyone is, is, you know, come to their conclusion already. The way that they got there was the help of very specific people, very specific organizations that knew that this would be perfect. And that's why when I did the lead and I said, it's exactly what the Democrat Party wants. This is exactly what the Democrat Party wants. And they have their their ministry of 
propaganda, um, Pisaki, and she's going to tell you all this stuff. One more. Has President Biden ever been to the southern border? In his life? Yes. I will have to get look back in my history books and check the we, times he's been to the southern border. We have been looking all morning, and we cannot find any record of him visiting the border as president, vice president, senator, or even as a concerned citizen. Why would that be? I can check and see when the last time or when he may have been. You have elected a president that doesn't even know what the border is. He's never been there. This guy never had to leave his little cave of corruption. Washington, D.C. Joe Biden is the perfect example and the exact face at the moment of the most corrupt political party in American history. The modern day Democrat, as I call a mafia. So, James, to your to your point, something tells me that same party had a hand in it. Thank you for the call. I truly appreciate it. I went long again. Bonnie's going to be mad. All right. Lines are open. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. I got a lot of border stuff, and um, I think the most offensive part of the... Well, there's so many incompetent, bald-faced liars, but I I always like when the bald-faced liar is actually bald. I do. I find that just to be funny. Uh, Mayorkas, a disgrace to all, and I mean this, because I say this with absolute love. My dearest friend, I call his mother Ma. I call his father Dad. He's Cuban-American. They are normally, normally the most patriotic Americans here. It, 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 I, maybe that's why I have such a, a different take on immigration than most people on um, what would be called so-called conservative radio. But to listen to a Cuban-American join the American Marxist mafia and then spew their lies is shameful. But then again, I enjoy a bald, bald-faced liar. Do the results that you're seeing and their magnitude suggest to you that your plan is wrong, that your plan is ill-conceived and is plunging the nation into a crisis? No. All right. Short and to sweet. No. We're we, um, doing fine. We have not seen before um, such a, a rapid um, migration, irregular migration of individuals as we have observed and experienced with respect to the Haitians who've crossed um, uh, the border in Del Rio, Texas. That has been an unprecedented uh, speed. That's a very good point. How'd they get to Mexico? How'd the Haitians get to Mexico? Is there like a one of those green energy monorails? I don't think there is. Is there a Concord? How'd they get there? That's a very interesting point. Let's go to Kira and Elgin. Hey, Sean. So I'm a volunteer for Darren Bailey campaign for governor. You had a nice interview with him early in the month. But after this interview with Ray Lopez, I actually called his office to ask if he would run for mayor. And if he would, I will ask our Republican volunteers to campaign for Lopez in Cook County. So we might be willing to put a Republican for governor and a Democrat for mayor on the doors. That might be a first for Chicago. I like it. I like it. You know what would be also very interesting is to, you know, and, and to prove to to Ray Lopez that the Democrat Party is systemic with this kind of failure and corruption, and that he himself should say, "I'm a Republican now," and really throw things into a mix because what he's shown is that he's one of those rare 
rare Chicago Democrats that actually give a rip about the people. So he could forever maybe change the face of the Chicago Republican Party because I don't even know if they exist. And if they do, I'm sure there are some good people, well-intended people, but uh, you guys really suck at your job. So, I mean, that's just me, and they should be on the phone convincing Ray Lopez, you know, explain to me why you're a part of this Democrat mafia that is riddled with failure, corruption, incompetence, and fraud, as he articulated as much as I did. He's well aware of the of the plots, of the plans, of the of the fraud, because until you change the citizen's idea, and until you let them see, these people who pretend to represent you are robbing you are using you. They're making pawns of you to their corrupt game. They're lining their pockets on you. And until you make those people who go to the polls and and still vote Democrat because they think that the Chicago Democratic Party helps them, you got to throw some water in their face and wake them up. So, Kira, that would be my suggestion. Forget forget about saying, oh, I got a Republican and a Democrat. It's time to show the, the, the so-called Democrats why they should run from that party. Unless they're in on the scam, then they should just try to work their way up through it. Thank you very much, Kara. I appreciate it. Eric Palatine. Hi, Eric. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. Hey, you know, I just I was wondering with both sides, don't usually talk about food prices, fast food's going up, local prices are going up. Is anyone yelling about it, or is it just me? Or no, I well here I was yelling at. I don't know if you heard the show. I was the first to say, um, at least to, to my knowledge. I don't know. I didn't listen. I don't listen to morning show. I sleep in now and I work out. But um, there is a reason that Joe Biden three weeks ago upped unilaterally with his pen food stamps by over 25 percent so that the average family of four on food stamps now gets eight hundred and thirty five dollars. Well, the average family working pays five hundred and thirty five dollars. So it's now you actually you have more money if you're on food stamps than if you worked without them. So. They did that to cover the inflation of their terrible policies. So they are appeasing their base. So the reason you're not hearing about it is because the, the people who would normally suffer the most have been bribed and their food stamps have increased. Good enough answer? Makes sense. Thank you. Makes sense. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Kevin, Austin, Texas. Hey, Sean. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You've seen the, you've seen the videos with the horses. Uh, you know, and they're swinging the reins, and everybody's all upset. About I it. heard all. It's the worst thing you've ever seen. See, I think the oh, worst thing. Horrible. I didn't see it, but I, 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 I think we have some drone footage of when the Biden administration killed the seven kids and the people that helped us in Afghanistan. I think that would be pretty oh, bad. It's, it's just so horrible. I mean, I wish they would. You know, maybe like, the, you know, the city of Chicago could train. You know, you know the guys that come at the end of St. Patrick's Day when they're or or at the end of uh, Lollapalooza. And they force everybody off. I wish they would train these guys how to do it. That's ridiculous. When yeah. these guys are not doing anything that's anything any worse than what the city of Chicago does at the end of the St. Patrick's Day Parade. I'll tell you another thing, Kevin. I don't know if you saw it, and I'm dead serious about this, but go on YouTube and watch the transgender MMA fighter with his implants beat the hell out of the woman on Saturday. With Did you see this? It is an atrocious. Let me tell you something. You can't. You want to talk about the worst thing you've ever seen? It's not some guy going after a Haitian with his pony. It's watching a man with implants beat the hell out of a woman and a bunch. I, I, I guess the ref just stood there. He beat the hell out of her, and then you find out he's a was a special forces guy in the army. 
He got implants and just well, beat the hell out of a woman. And yet, LGBTQ. What are you out of your mind? It's it's just it's just. Yeah, I tell you what, it's the like, army probably paid, paid for his transmission or, or a transition. Yeah, it might be a transmission. Who the hell knows what goes on there? You know, from what I understand, Chaz uh, Bono really doesn't have a Schwansteger. Anyway, that's for another topic. Good thing we're after five o'clock. Have- Thank you, Craig Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. You remember how uh, these uh, all these different dumb rants would come after uh, Trump for every possible thing under the sun when he didn't do anything wrong. Now you got this Biden. Dirt bag, uh, diaper wearing, uh, dimension, uh, you know, derelict, destroying our country. Why aren't there any Republicans giving this guy a hard time? Uh, because Adam Kinzinger says you're the problem, Craig. Pay attention. I mean, do you not read the news? Thanks for listening to the show, though. Obviously, the Republicans are the problem. Just ask Mitt Romney, and Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney. By the way, I would have liked to have seen her in that fight. She would have put up a better fight against that Army guy. 312 642 5600. So, the lovely Misty Callahan. I like Misty. You know I like her very much. And sometimes I feel bad she has to put up with certain people that are morons. Mainly Chicago Democrats. She has to put up with them. And a said Democrat called up, Why is he always riff on Chicago? Listen here, moron. Chicago is the example of the government mafia corruption that should be used by nations around the world of exactly how political whores and pimps profit from good people who are forced to live in bad circumstances. It should be examined by kids in the future of how to never, ever implement policies or accept corruption. You cannot rip on Chicago, the mafia, Marxist, communist capital of America, enough. Every single policy. And 99% of the political who are in it are examples of what not to do in a country that wants a future, in a country that wants to thrive. So because you like living in that sewer of corruption, and you're probably one of those morons that for the last hundred years have voted for these political pirates, shut your mouth. You're too stupid for this station. Turn the channel, dummy. I don't want you listening to the show. Idiot. Liz in Northbrook. Hi, Sean. Oh, my God. This is great. Um, so I was just calling because I'm a Cuban-American. My par- parents fled communism. And God bless your Cuban friend because I know exactly what his family went through. And Mallorca, you are spot on. Oh. He is an ingrate and should be paying back to a, to a country that took him in. When they didn't have to. And we were taught, my parents taught us, you give back to this great, God-blessed country. My, my buddy's dad. Can, dad. Can, so, can I tell you how proud I am of this guy? We used to sit on, okay. his, we used to sit on his porch, all right? His dad would come home mm-hmm. at 9 o'clock at night. He worked during the day, and he had an idea yep. to import Spanish hair beauty products. And this, he was a salesman. Mm-hmm. Out of the trunk yeah. of his car. And he built a multi-million dollar company that his one youngest son, who's a character because I influenced him, his, his youngest son runs the company. His other two boys are both attorneys. His daughter, a pharmacist, and the first girl I ever had a crush on. Her name was Walkiris. I, I probably, you know, yeah, she was the most beautiful thing I ever saw as a kid. And I, I would go to the house, and his parents were so loving to me, and they helped me understand 
why it is so crucially important to pay attention to politics. And I will never forget when they told the story of that murdering scum with his beret on and because he has long hair, the communists in America wear him on his shirt, how he murdered thousands of innocent people, how they just what took place when that ideology of communism turned that once beautiful nation into a prison island and how the American communist Marxist rat promotes it as some alternative to freedom and liberty. It should be. That is the example of why you never commingle with communism. And to see this descendant of honest, good people who escaped it come here and promote it, he's a piece of garbage. So I appreciate your comment. It made my day. Thank you, Liz. I feel bad I was yelling. I think I scared Liz. You know, sometimes that'll happen. But I have a low tolerance for these Marxist mafia moron members. I really can't stand them. They destroy everything they touch. Every single thing. They imprison the people who support them. Half support them because they're stupid, because they went through their systems of schooling. The other half because they want in on the corruption. And that's who makes up the Democrat Party. Gangsters and victims. And that's it. Sickening. Robert Oak Park. Yes, Sean. Very informative show. I want to state... Alderman Lopez of the 15th Ward, excellent, excellent his intake on, on the situation. The, yeah. the light-footed one, our mayor, should listen to him and yeah. some of the other uh, aldermen. Well, hopefully. You know, he's, and he's a Democrat, you know, so they're not all bad because he's one of the best. I'll, I, I'll tell you I, that right now. You notice I changed my tune to 99.9%. I give the Lopez I give them the point zero one percent. It's like the deaths from COVID. I give them a very small percentage. Right, and then I, I, I spoke to uh, the alderman's office. Actually, the guy named Robert over there. Uh, I, I volunteered to help out with with, with this fifteenth oh, ward. I'll tell you what, you're a hell of a guy. Now listen, you're in Oak Park. Did you did you did you mingle today a little bit? Did you go to the downtown area? I want to know how many John Denver impersonators you saw that that, that were women. Can you tell me? Got any numbers? Uh, Oh, way, way too many. The calculator-based battery uh, failed. You know? And what's with the no toenail polish? I don't get it. Paint your toenails, ladies. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Robert. That old part. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and, and one other thing, Sean. Yeah. I enjoyed hearing the other day some of the people calling in from, from Hillside, you know, and, and talking about the old school time yeah. of, of the city, the towns. Sure. Man, because I, I, I held Mayor Robert E. Lee, Mayor... Tony Esposito, man, those those were the days, as well as Merrill's Park. Yeah, oh yeah, it was all great. Isn't it something? It was all better than, you know why? Democrats back then were Americans. They had principles of freedom and liberty. They knew what the words were. They were not totally thrown over by the Marxist mafia. So thank you, and thank you for listening, Robert. And one other thing, you know, you, you talked about... Policing those park, they should write the book. Yeah, now, wait a minute. Let's not get too crazy now, Robert. A couple of those guys hit me with the billy club, but I remember them. They were still, they're still okay. And you know what? I deserved it. Thank you for the call, Robert. 312-642-5600. Don't be mad, but I got Andy in his car. Hi, Andy. Uh, Hi, Sean. I want to tell you that I enjoy your show, but I want to tell your listeners that I'm an immigrant to this country from an ex-communist country, and I'm also an American Army veteran, and I can tell you that I completely agree with you 
that Chicago is just like a communist uh, city. See si. the same thing. All it uh, all it does, socialism, communism, same thing. What it brings is misery to people and corruption everywhere. Everyone is on the take. That's the, what it does. And how about how they live? That government hierarchy. Those oligarchs that are have been have been lockstep with the with the government officials. They all live like kings. Well, the rest of us all are their slaves. I hate that idea, Absolutely. Andy. I Absolutely. hate it. And I'm curious to know why so many of the American people who are forced to live in the ghettos the government creates, why they don't see it and why every election they continue to put them in. I, if you could have voted out communism, wouldn't you have? Well, well, you know, people believe propaganda. After a while, you believe the stuff they feed you. And I was fed, I was being indoctrinated uh, when, when, I grew, when I grew up, when I was growing up and going to school. But once I came home, my parents and my, especially my grandfather, who lived through four wars, he said, no, 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 no. What they tell you in school is lies. You need to listen to what I tell you. And that's where we got, we, me, myself and my brothers, we got our school. Well, I'm glad you did. America's better off because you did. And I'll tell you, you remind me, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's ironic you have to come here and go through the same thing again. And you keep telling your kids and your grandkids what your grandfather told you. And number one. Well, that, that, that is the reason why as soon as I heard of all this nonsense, socialism, communism, I told my wife, that was like two, two or three years ago, I said, book, book a ticket, we're going to Cuba. And I took my kids to Cuba uh, to show them what socialism does to people and yeah. to your country. And my kids were flabbergasted. So, you know, no I went socialism for them. I went in 03. You know, I went on a horticulture experiment. But I went um, in 03, and my friend's father was mad at me. And I said, why are you mad? He said, because they're living on your dollar. I said, but I just, I, I wanted to see it. And when I got back, my daughters were little. I couldn't believe what how it just takes away your whole hope, your whole future. It destroys everything. And to see it firsthand, even though I had all these, these this knowledge of it, to see it firsthand is something that it takes your breath away for forever, what it does and how it turns people into slaves. It is something to see. I want to thank you so much, Andy, and thank you for listening very much, and I'm glad you made it. Fortunately, we need more Americans like Andy. 312-642-5600. Do you remember um, when Kaylee McEnany, every day would be assaulted by the president? Every day she gave clear answers. No, this, 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 versus Pippi Lystocking. Pisaki. She lied for Obama. She lies for Biden. The good news is Biden doesn't know it. Anyway, you can uh, join former press secretary for President Trump, Kayleigh McEnany, to discuss the left's assault on Christianity, on America, the Marxist movement, removing God from the public square. Freedom Initiative is now hosting Kayleigh McEnany on Thursday, September 30th at Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. Tickets start at $49, and tickets can be purchased at freedominitiative.net. And AM560 wants to give you a chance to win a pair of VIP gold tickets to meet Kaylee McEnany by visiting 560theanswer.com slash gold. That's 560theanswer.com slash gold. Kevin's been waiting. Kevin, Oaklawn. 
Hi, Kevin. To answer or uh, mention you real quick when you uh, were playing Mayorkas that he said that the border rapidly declined. Didn't they said about the Taliban uh, taking over uh, Afghanistan? How Very rapid. It yeah, it's like bankruptcy. Real slow in the beginning, then real fast at the end. Go ahead. It sounds like a typical excuse for them. Yes. yes. You're right. You're exactly That's right. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You know, it's. I'm thinking about the hopelessness of communism as we talk to the callers and we talk about Cuba. And I'm going to tell you real quick, I don't have a lot of time, but uh, we went and we would walk the streets because there are churches there for 400 years. I mean, to see it is amazing. We're walking, three Americans smoking cigars, and this guy's like our age. And they start to try to be a tour guide. So we start talking. Guy's got kids. We all got kids. We start. I said, come on, let's get lunch. He goes, I, I, I can't. What do you mean you can't? Come on, we're going to go here. He says, well, no, uh, Hemingway used to eat there. All right, well, let's go. You can't. Go to walk him in. All the guys at the door, they're welcoming us. They tell him, put his hand on his chest. I said, what are you talking about? No, we don't let the... I said, he's coming in to eat. Come on in. Went in. It was the first time he was at a restaurant his entire life. Guy was in his 40s. First time ever. He didn't know what to do when he saw everything, when he saw the food. He was trying to... I said, come on, we'll give bags, take it home. We walk outside. We each gave him $20. Three guys gave him $20. He started to cry. Cry. He changed his life. That is what communism looks like. And the only difference between Havana and Chicago is that Fidel Castro couldn't print up $2 billion of funny money and mix it in the budget. Same corruption, same incompetence, same hopelessness. The only difference is America prints up money to give to these rats so they can pretend to fund the city. That's the difference, and that's the only difference. American communism, at least you can fake it till you make it. It's just more despicable, more disgusting. All right. I had to get that out of my system. Because to hear these people and to watch them and to see the scams, to see the corruption and the hopelessness and the news story after news story, by the time I get home, there'll be three more of them, three more shootings. And if you're lucky, if it's three, three more carjackings, and I'll have the same idiot, the, the same idiots. Hey, you're being hard on Chicago. You're always baiting up Chicago and the Democrats. Wake up. Wake up. Realize what you're doing to your country, idiots. Look at what you've done. Look at where it leads. Look at the philosophies you promote and the results that they deliver. And stop doing it to us. There's a reason we were the richest. We were the freest. Because you mattered. In communism, you don't matter. Just like in Chicago, you don't matter. It's one giant mistake that people continue to make. But Chicago residents can expect this budget won't pass without some aldermanic pushback. When you introduce something, it's, it's the, the mayor's and her team's idea on what she envisions as, as well as... And she's going to ram it through. How many Ray Lopez's are there to put up a fight? How many don't want in on this scam? Communism. It's not equal for everybody. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a- 
You know, something happened yesterday during the show that got me to thinking. People, I think, um, don't understand what America is to a certain extent. It's an idea. It's all it is. It's an idea. It's a concept. It's not a place, per se. It's not just a place. It's what you adopt as your philosophy. That's why I use the term Americanism. Robert Curry is the author of Common Sense Nation, Unlocking the Forgotten Power of the American Idea. I wanted to get him on. He serves on the board of directors of Claremont Institute. His articles and reviews have appeared in American Greatness, American Thinker, Claremont Review of Books, The Federalist, and many more. Robert, thank you so much for joining me. You're so welcome. I always enjoy chatting with you. Thank you. I wanted to have you on specifically today because something happened yesterday during my show, and I don't want people to get the wrong idea. Although I have a call to American principles and a demand that they be honored, that doesn't go lockstep with some sort of a call for a civil war. So when Joe Biden was elected, and I, re- you know, I knew I was doing election coverage that night, I knew the purpose of shutting down, and at that moment... The result of Joe Biden's election was invalidated to me. And to me, the first thing I did, I came to the station the next day and I said, I revoke my consent to be governed because I understand that that's the that's the principle of America. I, me, a citizen with no power other than my American citizenship, revoke my consent to be governed by Joe Biden. And it's turned out hundreds of people have had signed the the revoke their consent as i reflect on the articles on the declaration of independence which is really the birth certificate of america as far as i'm concerned yes and you you realize that it is it is the the recognition of the enlightenment that specifically puts the importance of life liberty and unalienable rights on the individual and articulates it so well it doesn't necessarily have to be violence at the end of it because violence doesn't beget anything except violence. But the, the concept and, the, and the, the, the meaning of it, the, in, the intellectual aspect of Americanism, can be had by anybody all over the world. And, and do you think that citizens don't understand that it's the ideas that we are in control of, not the violence? Yeah, I think the boy, what a wonderful question. Um, you, you're, you're, you're. I, I feel respected by the by the awesomeness of it. Let oh, me see if you. I can do anything with it. You know, um, the the, um, the the when when de Tocqueville came to America, you know, back in the 1840s, he really was impressed by the the typical American citizen's basic grasp of the American idea. You know. Mm-hmm. And um, what's happened in the last hundred years is that the educational establishment has been trying to beat it out of people. So there's a lot of confusion about the American idea now. And and as a result, since the American people don't exactly understand, have lost their gra- many Americans have lost their grasp on the, on the American idea. And Americanism is now uh, – thank you for using that phrase. I, I, I love that. I'm an, I believe Americanism is the right term to be for us to use. 
so many people have gotten in America have gotten confused about Americanism that we've actually driven the government into the ditch. And all it really takes for us to get back on track is for enough Americans to rediscover Americanism and to come to understand the American idea the way basically all Americans did once upon a time and the way all those people who who came here eager to get in on it in the you know in the good old days uh, I'm not talking about the swamp people swamping the borders now but I'm talking about the people who, you know I have a good friend um who was born behind the iron curtain and his father said look we're Americans we just happen to be born here that's right the family the family they because they got the idea and and they Peter Schramm a beautiful man and and he came here in love with America and became one of the greatest proponents of Americanism in American scholarship. So that idea, falling in love with the American idea, um, and um, and and understanding it deeply, that's the way we're supposed to do it. And if we don't do it, things will go wrong. And 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 violence isn't going to do anything, especially if it pits one American against the other. That's why I'm so I'm actually offended by the first Civil War. I cannot believe through reason, through articulation, and through law. They couldn't come to, the, to, a, to a, an agreement of peace by using the principles of America to get to that peace. And I oh, think boy, we're, so right. we're heading to a different, we're heading to another version of that. And, you know, my favorite part is, is, is there's so many favorite parts of the Declaration of Independence, but that governments are instituted among men and they derive their just powers from the consent of those governed. And whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and institute a new government. This is the primary concept. And I think Illinoisans specifically and people who are, who are beaten into servitude in these Democrat-run states forget that there are other states out there that agree with these principles. And it is from those states that the intellectual argument for a separation from a corrupt government can happen and will happen, not through violence. Do you think that we can maybe win that argument and win that war and and reestablish the principles that the individual citizen has by merely his mind, not his weapon? Well, that's what I I mean. The answer is that's what you and I are trying to do. You with your show and me with my books and articles. We're trying to reawaken the American people to their ownership of the system. It's theirs. You know, it's ours. You know, the, the, the founders crazy idea was that the people, by common sense, could rule themselves through the Constitution. I mean, up at that time, around the world, everywhere it was rulers, you know, kings and and emperors and you know czars and stuff, and rulers and the rule. So when the Americans said in the Declaration, what you just read, that is that the government comes from the consent of the people. Holy mackerel! That was that was a principle, true and self-evident. But nowhere on the planet was it respected. If you were born into into some one of those monarchical places, you had to get the permission from the from the royal establishment to to do anything, to go anywhere, and certainly to leave the country. You know, um, uh, you know these places were um, the 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 what they were they were perfect examples of what we're moving towards, which is a government that rules. And Robert, to me. I, I, I had an immediate answer to the Joe Biden administration. I, I mean that. I revoked my consent officially. I declared it. I signed my name to it. 
We had, yeah. you know, we only had 100 people or, or I mean, 800 people. I think it's 800 people signed that, you know, listeners to the show because I did it and I attached a website to it. And what I thought to myself was, can you imagine if 74 million people who voted for Trump and, 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 and reject the concept of what we witnessed that night and what we know is coming in a corrupt political whore like Joe Biden and his administration. And if we, the 74 million said, we unanimously together revoke our consent to be governed. We, in essence, are Americans that are declaring ourselves free of the reign of this moron that is now referred to as the president of the United States. I mean, I, you'll have to forgive me. I'm from the street. I, I will often mix in moron here and there. But uh, the reality is, Robert, if 74 million people did that, regardless of their location, it would make a statement that understands, I don't care what you do. I may have to pay your taxes that you that you extort me, but I don't have to recognize you. And I don't. I live my day not recognizing Joe Biden as the president of the United States. Yeah, the declaration is really clear. It's by our consent that the government has legitimacy. And what gives and what what is the fundamental the fundamental factor in us consenting to the legitimacy of the government is honest elections. In the absence of honest election, that goes out the window. When when the, you know that's simply fraud. I mean, if you commit fraud, you know, in business, um, you know, you will um, you will lose the benefit of that. Convicted of committing fraud, you will lose the benefit of that fraud, won't you? Mm-hmm. And um, you can't keep something that you gained by fraud. And we know that this uh, this presidential election and, and a bunch of other elections around the country too were were gained by fraud. Yeah. Those, given that that's the situation, it's it's appropriate for you to withdraw your consent to be governed, because the fundamental rule of fair, honest, and fair elections. Has gone out the window, and the reality is what what the the Demo- or the government mafia is really afraid of is the idea that people like me catch on and that I declare yes. you illegitimate. Take the money, take it all. I don't recognize you as the president. I don't recognize your administration as legitimate. I don't recognize your decrees as laws. And if seventy four million people did that, that's going to be a lot more kind of attention-getting and scary to the powers that be than some 74-year-old man who lives out of a van and has to take Viagra to please his girlfriend. It's going to be a lot more scary if they understand 74 million Americans basically said I'm illegitimate and they don't recognize me as the, as, as the government. That, to me, is the power we have versus some empty, delusional threats of violence against other Americans who happen to be in the military or police. To me, it makes more sense to intellectually disconnect from the tyrants that I view as usurpers of the, the highest office in the land. And and for you to continue your efforts to get Americans to wake up. You know, um, at the time of the Re- American Revolution, about a third of the people supported the founders. And about a third of the people, you know, were loyal to the king. And there was about a third in the middle that were just, you know, they wished that the thing would get settled. Yeah, they worked for the government. We call them municipal workers now. Look we'll ahead. <laughs> so, so what that means is that we don't have to get every American to come around. The idea is we need to get enough Americans to you and I need to continue our efforts to get enough Americans to wake up. When enough Americans have waked up, we can and get re- reclaim Americanism 
and 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 regain their understanding of the founder's idea pretty quickly we can fix this thing with the with with elections as long as we have honest elections that's the most critical factor yeah. that we face in terms of restoring government by by the consent of the people and it's not going to happen if they can jam election legitimize election fraud in these omnibus bills and that's what we're really facing but here's the other good news robert you're going to okay, do sir. this through the books that you continue to write. You've written some great ones. Are you working on anything now? I'm not working on another book right now, but but I have been turning out articles kind of at a fast rate lately, I guess you noticed. Sure, I did. And that's why I wanted to have you on. But here's the good news. Me with the microphone, I have an advantage over you. I get to make fun yes. of their appearance, which is what I like to do, because I learned one thing a long time ago. Bullies do not like to be made fun of. So, you know, and they're providing me with a lot of material. I don't know if you've seen some pictures of the Illinois Democrats lately, but it looks like a comedy skit on Saturday Night Live. So um, feel free to take a look at those pictures when you're feeling blue, because it'll put a smile on your face. I appreciate you coming on, Robert Curry, author of Common Sense Nation, Unlocking the Forgotten Power of the American Idea. Very, very powerful book. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, we'll be back with your calls and comments after this. That's the fight worth having. The whole damn country is held together with our consent. Do you get it? You don't have to be a victim. The founding is around you. Little old you. See, in this country, we've allowed these political whores to somehow foist themselves above us. It ain't the way it works, dummies. I see you. I know what you are. Think about what they actually do all day. What they actually do all day is prostitute their power to the highest bidder. And we can't restrain it for some reason because we keep following them around. The answer is simple. Civil disobedience through rejecting civil. See the word civil. I know there's some guy out there in a van that just heard disobedience. No, no, no. Civil disobedience. Meaning every time you come in contact with it, you don't ignore it. You you don't recognize it. You ignore it. So go ahead, pass your laws. You know what I'll do? I'll figure out where I trigger the next tax thing, and I won't make it. I won't produce to my highest and best level. You can extort me, but you'll extort me on the bare minimum, baby. Go to cash on everything, and I recommend everybody do that. You know, a friend of mine opened an account in Elmhurst at a bank. Uh, Elmhurst Community Bank or Community Bank of Elmhurst. I can't keep track of it. And he didn't, want, he didn't have his mask on. He gets in an argument with a teller gets a call this morning they they, they they canceled his account because he wouldn't listen to jb president oh did you now i hope he knows a thousand people at that bank and i hope he tells all thousand and they all take their money out that's how you do it you refuse to cooperate with them so if you're going to tax me if i make more than seventy thousand a year guess what sixty nine thousand comes along i go on hiatus and i make lounging around look a lot better than some 340-pound Democrat waiting for welfare cheese. Believe me. I win no matter what. And that's the mindset you're going to have to have. Because there's a bunch of people walking around helpless. They're depressed because Joe Biden... You're going to let this 80-year-old fraud? Fraud of a man. He's not a man. He's never worked. He's got his stupid stories. You ever hear his stupid stories? Where's a stupid story? Here we go. I got to tell you a quick story that has nothing to do with anything. When I was vice president, the Secret Service didn't like me traveling on Amtrak because there were too many options for people to cause trouble along the way. 
but I insisted I do it in one day. Now this now listen to me. Even if you're dumb enough to be a Democrat, do you believe this BS story? Listen to this story from an eighty year old professional liar who doesn't understand how ridiculous he looks in the mirror. I put in the newspaper Biden travels one million, I think, don't hold me the exact number, I think it was 350,000 miles on Air Force Two. And, uh, and so I, walking up to the, uh, up to the, getting the train on that Friday, and a guy who was the number three guy from New Jersey on seniority as a conductor walked up and grabbed me and goes like this, Joey, baby, grabbed my chair. Yeah, that happened. The Secret Service is going to shoot You fracking liar. I said, your friend. He said, Joey. Big deal. A million three hundred thousand miles on Amtrak. I mean, on on Air Force Two. You, know you how many stupid. Miles you travel on Amtrak. I said no. He said with the retirement dinner, we worked it out. Yeah, you did. He they worked said, it out. Thirty-six years in the Senate, X number of years as vice. At that point, as vice president, average one hundred and thirty-one days a year. Oh, shut up, you idiot. Shut up. Forget about your son on the board. $50 million in kickbacks. Is, did they work that out, the retirement party? You scumbag. Scumbag. Let alone honorable. Ooh, there's the president. Sure he is. He's a scumbag and he ain't nothing to me. And until you adopt that mindset, you're going to get depressed. You think I'm going to let these idiots depress me? Not on your best day. I win no matter what you do. Because they cannot beat you if you don't let them. That's the trick. And they're going to keep trying because that's what they are. Frauds and liars and scum that'll look right into your face and lie. Your understanding of what transpired in the Oval Office yesterday when we were all in there trying to hear from the president and the prime minister. Which aspects? Well, the British prime minister and the American Oval Office called on British reporters. And then when American reporters tried to call on the American president, we were... Because you're irrelevant. You've done your job, propagandist moron. Now sit in the corner and have Jen Psaki White tell you why you're not relevant. Well, I think uh, in that circumstance, and, and I think our relationship with the United Kingdom and with Prime Minister Johnson is so strong and abiding, we will be able to move forward beyond this. But uh, he called on individuals uh, from his press corps uh, without alerting us to that intention in advance. And we're not going to talk to you because we didn't have him shot up on B12, Viagra, and caffeine so he could focus on your questions. That's why, because the idiots in this country that elected this buffoon don't understand they elected a buffoon with sundowners who doesn't know if it's Tuesday or July, if his shoe's wet or his diaper needs to be changed. That's what you did, you idiots. Idiots. Scott, Crystal Lake. Hey, Sean. So I'm watching the movie, the cartoon movie, A Bug's Life, this weekend with my granddaughter. And there's the bar scene in the uh, movie with the grasshoppers and the ants. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Sylvester Stallone. That is classic. What is going on right now between the political elite, regardless of party, and the rest of us? Well, I'll tell you what, at least the cartoons were funnier than these real people, because they're freaking me out, brother. You take a look at some of these Democrats. Whew. You are not kidding. But it was so funny because I'm sitting there watching it, and she wasn't, she didn't get it. But I'm like, oh, my God, all the deplorables are the ants. And if we just rose up intellectually, like you said, and, and because there's way more of us than, there's, than there is of them, we'd actually 
Make something happen. Absolutely. Revoke your consent to be governed. It's simple. Amen, and then brother. Go to areas that support your ideology and make sure they never go blue. That's the secret. Not a bunch of 75-year-old guys who need to stand on a sprinkler to wash their genitals talking about a civil war. You're not going to do anything. 312-642-5600. Apparently, I just saw an article. Pisecki admits to kicking out the press. You know, they kick out the press. They throw them out. Get out! And here's the press. Morons. You've been selling this socialist BS. You're so used to admitting that you're a slave to power. You leave. You're not half the character of the reporters of old. Not a tenth. You're just a bunch of step-and-fetch enablers of the Fourth Reich. You make me sick to my stomach. All right, now we're going to go to the lines just to clean them up. Dave's been holding a long time. David Lansing. Hey, Sean. uh, You touched on something about ten minutes ago about the bank and the guy should pull his money out. Mm -hmm. Well, that's my... I'm going to one-up you now. Ready for a one-up? You're a one-upper. I never thought I'd be one-up by David and Lansing, but go ahead. (laughs) Okay. How many of your friends... And, you know, cigar shop guys that come out have did what I did. Banned, not use Facebook, not use Twitter, not use Instagram, and I've almost got Google down to one. I'm from Melrose Park. They don't use that stuff. You're wrong. You didn't want up anybody. My guys were never on that. They liked the anonymity. The last thing they wanted was Facebook beefing on them as they spotted some girl they used to fool around with in the 80s to their wife today. My guys don't go on it. But thank you. But wait, I, I bet some of them use Facebook because they run a business. and they Only, only to check out if the girls they dated back then gained weight. That's it. That's all my guys use Facebook for. It's not a normal town. But thank you, David. I appreciate it. See, there's always going to be a one-upper. Don't you hate the one-upper? I used to know a guy like that. He was a real cockroach. Hell of a friend of mine. I'm the king of that. You'll get to know that, bunny. I'm the, I'm the king of good friend of mine, real scumbag. You're going to learn that. And this guy would just constantly one-up you. The only problem is it really happened. He was really a scumbag, and he had a lot of interactions with Democrats, so he always had a good story. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Good. You know, this guy used to be a half uh, a half aired plumber, and he was all in with Democrats. You know what he used to do, Robert? He used to know somebody in the school system. And he would get he had a he had a company that some LLC that he rigged and never filed paperwork on. And uh, he would get hired and if the bill was under a certain dollar amount, at that time it was like seventy nine hundred, they would never question it. So he would take liquid draino and he would go to the school, they'd call him, they got a clock. He poured a liquid draino down the down the drain, smoke a cigar in the bathroom for an hour, walk out and build a CPS three thousand, four thousand. They pay him. And he knew the guy who hired him, he'd give him back an envelope. And that's how they kept the scam going. He's long gone now, but what a scumbag. A typical Democrat. Go ahead. What were you going to say? That's typical Illinois politics. That's how it works. But the reason I was calling, too, is I was going to say, don't get all upset. What I do when I'm at home watching TV and this guy comes on, Biden, I switch the channel. I refuse to listen to him. And the way he revolt is by the vote in 2022 and hopefully that'll work out what do you think i think you're relying on a system that has abused you and cheated you in some idea that it's going to be fair that's what i think so i think that the rest of us good people should do what i said and revoke your consent and if you get tens of millions of them it means something yeah and if you if you come together and interact and secede financially where you can from 
mafia-friendly institutions. I think that's how you make a difference. Thank you, Robert, but uh, you'll have to forgive me. I grew up in an area known for fraud, so I'm, I'm suspicious of it. Ironically, there is a connection to Jim Crow that is playing out in this Congress. The original Jim Crow laws were laws that were written by Democrats designed to prevent the voters from voting Democrats out of office. And they worked brutally effectively. Now, in today's Democratic Congress, we again see Democrats wanting to change the rules so that the voters cannot vote Democrats out of office. There's a consistency to it, but it's not the consistency that fits the political narrative from the Democratic Party. Just recently, in July, this subcommittee held yet another hearing where Democrats argued for Congress to overturn two Supreme Court decisions, Shelby County versus Holder and Brnovich versus Democratic National Committee. But the facts in the testimony at the hearing demonstrated that both decisions were indisputably correct. These hearings are having an effect on the national conversation, but not the one that the Democrats want. The more that Democrats talk about their voting bills, the less popular they become. Because people see them for what they are, naked partisan power grabs. 70% of all voters from all parties want voter ID verification laws. 70%. But yet the mafia Democrat wants to make sure that in these bills that are supposed to be about infrastructure and in spending bills, they cram in and legitimize voter fraud. Now, they, they do that through ballot harvesting. They do that through making sure that anybody can walk in and say, I'm Joe Matarats and I'm here to vote, and they got an address. They do that through same-day registration. They do that through drive-through voting. And they try to take the systems that have crushed New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Chicago, California, and they try to do that throughout the entire nation because they're frauds and they're a mafia. And they understand that once they're like ticks, you can never burn out. Once they're embedded in the body, they can leech and suck the blood for eternity until they destroyed it. And then when they destroy it, they can get somebody else to fund it. It's not just Chicago. It's not just Lori Lightfoot, although a tick is a very good description for her. It's the system and the plan for the future. Democrats have failed to get their way in state houses across the country. State legislatures elected by the people have not been nearly as willing as Washington Democrats to try to rig the system so the voters can only elect Democrats. So now the solution from our Democratic colleagues is to circumvent the Democratic process altogether. These pesky voters have a way of getting in the way of ensuring Democratic power. And instead, to give unelected, far-left bureaucrats total veto power over democracy. The power to stop popular voting laws dead in their tracks. That is, mildly given the Orwellian name, practice-based preclearance. I love how they name it like that. Name the spending bills lollipop rainbows and unicorns. And then make sure that they bankrupt and corrupt and pay off your friends. Till you 
revoke your consent to be governed by these rats. They're going to come up with one scheme after the next. By the way, Ted Cruz is going to be at Freedom Summit 2021. You know, I, I, he was at the last one. I shook his hand and I said something, you know, and he ignored me. This time he can't ignore me. No, no, no. First of all, I'm a big fan. I supported him in 16. And I don't want to make fun of him, but if he lets that Beto O'Rourke back into the race, boy, oh boy, narrowly escaped it. And you know who saved? Ironically enough, do you know who saved Ted Cruz in Texas? Most people don't know this. It was the California resident that relocated to Texas. That's how Ted Cruz won. So, see, it's the people that flee these Democrat mafia states that understand the devastation that can happen when you commingle old-fashioned Marxism and Sovietism and communism and hide it in the Trojan horse of an American option called Democrats. They're not Democrats. They're the Fourth Reich, and they're fighting to make sure they legitimize voter fraud for eternity. I'll be back after this. All right. Kaylee McEnany. I'll tell you what, my wife loved Kaylee McEnany. She had a baby during the time, and I, I used to love how she chopped down this propaganda ministry we call a press. It's just, it was great. So if you uh, would like to meet Kaylee McEnany to discuss secular left's assault on just not just Christianity, but the global Marxist movement and the dangers of removing God from the conversation. Freedom Initiative now invites you to join on Thursday, September 30th, at Christian Liberty Academy in Arlington Heights. Tickets start at $49, and details are available at freedominitiative.net. For a chance to win a pair of VIP gold tickets to meet Kaylee McEnany, visit 560theanswer.com, keyword gold. That's 560theanswer.com, keyword gold. Now, I have a little bit more Ted Cruz. I can't believe fastest damn show on radio, but I only have a few minutes, and I'm going to play something, because we might as well laugh. This is Bill Gates trying to explain his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. It, it's not on topic, but it's, it's funny. It was reported at that time uh, that you had a number of meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, who, when you met him 10 years ago, he was convicted of soliciting prostitution from minors. What did you know about him when you were meeting with him, as you've said yourself, in the hopes of raising money? Uh, you know, I had dinners with him. Uh, uh-huh. I regret doing that. Yeah. He had relationships with uh, people he said, Come on, you were meeting him for hookers, you scumbag. Who are you lying to? You went with Jeffrey. You heard, hey, what's going on on the island? I hear you got a lot of action there. Yeah, I got some action. You want to go to the island? Yeah, all right. Well, I could use some Microsoft stock. You give me some stock. I bring you to the island. I let you prance around there like you were not the example of the greatest nerd in the history of America. See, that's how it all works. Nerd! There's no explaining it, you sick son of a gun. You wanted the action. You know, would give to Global Health, which is a... Global uh, Health. Yeah, it's all about Global Health. You know, not nearly enough philanthropy goes in that direction. No. Uh, You know, those meetings... Were, were a mistake. They didn't result in uh, what he What about the 90 trips to the off. island? You know, that goes back a long yeah. time ago now. Sure. Uh, there's, you know, so there's nothing new on that. Uh-huh. It was reported that you continue to meet with him over several years. Just getting um, to know him. And that, in other words, a number of meetings. Yeah. Um, well, the girls kept what changing. What did you do when you found out about his background? I said, hey, destroy well, the tapes. 
And, you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh, uh-huh. And what about nothing, the hookers? Absolutely nothing new on that. No. Is there a lesson for you, for anyone else looking looking at this? Yeah, you're not even safe on a private island when the scumbag is a pedophile. If it would have just been regular age girls, you'd have got away with it. In fact, you could even be senator. Somewhere in New Jersey, I understand they like their senators to fly down to third world countries to sleep with $30 hookers and all the time pretend to represent the poor. It's a real sick world. Revoke your consent to be governed by these scumbags and don't let their cabal of corruption like Gates get one over on you. All right, I'll be back in 21 hours. I had a blast. Thank you for listening. A lot of fun. I had a Joe Biden moment. I didn't know if I had to put out the garbage or not tonight. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.